Are you ready, kids? I can't hear you. This is how we get demonetized. <laughs> you can't demonetize me for just talking. I can say it. I, I, look, that was definitely not melodic enough for it to count as singing, for the bots to call it singing, all right? That's true. It's not music. In any case, we're not SpongeBob. We are the Cartoon Time Machine. We're your animates. I am Scarlet. I'm Katie. And today, as you may have guessed, our topic is SpongeBob, but not just any SpongeBob thing. We are specifically today talking about the second SpongeBob movie, Sponge Out of Water, which came out in 2015. And yet, I just saw it two nights ago. Uh, Katie has been trying to get me to watch it for a long time. They've been building it up and saying it's a really great movie, or at least it's good and better than I would expect from the trailers, which didn't have me that encouraged, so I never saw it back when it came out. Um, but I have now seen it, so we're going we're gonna to talk about our thoughts. Uh, Katie, uh, just real quick, did you see it when it first came out in 2015? God, probably. I probably saw it in theaters. Ooh. And what, and what were your thoughts at the time? Like, how, how did it strike you at the time? Oh, God, 2015 was so long ago. Um, Six years ago. Oh, God. I feel like I remember not what you said. The trailers weren't that good and watching it feeling like it wouldn't be good. And then going, huh, this was better than expected. I like to do the thing for movies where I lower my expectations so far. That the only thing they can do is surpass them. That's what I See, did with Rogue One also, and it worked out great. That, that, that is helpful for something like Rogue One. Um, but, I, you know, I, I'm wondering how much of our differing experiences is going to come from the fact that you walked in with expectations low. I walked in thinking my expectations were going to be shattered, and they were like, a little bit exceeded, but I, I like would you misunderstood yeah. all my praise for the film, which I, is mostly I, oh, it's better than expected. Right, it might it might be. So I'm gonna try to like look on like the the good, the bad, the ugly, just sort of give it a fa a fair treatment. Um, because I didn't hate it, just like you know, right right off the bat, in terms of my thoughts, I thought it was fine. You know, I think it's you know, it doesn't live up to in my mind the first SpongeBob movie, which I do remember seeing in theaters in want to say like 2004. Yeah. Um, it was just a great experience and I took my dad and he had never seen or experienced I think Spongebob before but like you know he wanted to take me and entertain me I remember he get, got really into it like he was kind of like bopping along to the songs and he was getting emotional at the emotional moments so I just I remember that being a really positive movie going experience um, possibly you know with my rose colored nostalgia goggles you know I probably you know, view that as a much better movie than it really is. I don't want to think about it not being a great movie because in my mind it is perfect. <laughs> not perfect, but it's, it's very good. Um, and I feel like Sponge Out of Water just is kind of a kid's movie. Um, it doesn't really feel like it hits the heights that Spongebob the show did or the movie did. Um, but it, ha it had some, some great moments. Uh, the animation I thought was really impressive. I don't I don't like that CG look that it takes on for the final third. Like, really, it's just the final third. I mean, final the, the third's trailer, a little weird. The, the trailers one made of, it. Seem, one sorry. of my favorite parts is the animation of two thirds of that movie. The two D animation is really solid. It yeah. looks so smooth and nice. 
it is quick, it is smooth, the expressions are great. I like that they really take advantage of doing some of the, you know, the classic Spongebob, you know, trippy moments and scenes and weird colors. Um, but like you're saying, the character animation is so strong and there's some really fun new costumes. Uh, overall, the first two thirds of the movie, I think, are so much better than the last third. Like, that's, like... I, and I think I think the problem is like I I saw the trailer and the trailers were mostly that last third that see that CG section mm-hmm. I don't even remember I don't remember the trailers even showing any of the two D animation I think they really wanted to convince us that it was a CG movie um, or at least the trailers I remember seeing um, and that really is like the weakest part which I think speaks to the strength of SpongeBob as a two D show that it has always consistently just made the most of that art style and it just falls a little bit mm-hmm. flat when it comes to that that climax yeah it just it's the new 3d like 3d animation because they've done 3d cgi stuff before like mm-hmm. they whenever they go into the human world they tend to do more without style it just worked better in the first film they're just a little too far i mean the the, the first film as i recall they were still 2d when they're they still 2d but they, they've messed with using different animation forms when they're on land nothing will be better than puppets on sticks i, I was just gonna say i was just gonna say i i'm not that familiar with some, some of the later seasons so i can't really speak to what they were doing in my mind when i think of the spongebob characters on land I think about them popping off as like a little kitchen sponge on a sink, on a stick, and just thinking of some animator just poking his hand through a little bucket of water to make the puppet on a stick move around. Uh, and it's we like should, a we should see people come in. They're not puppets. They are just objects on objects on a stick. Yeah, pu- puppet. Puppet is a strong word. Um, but uh, look, obviously for the climax they wanted, they couldn't do it. But also, I don't know why they couldn't just Roger Rabbit it and do what they did in the original and have them be two D. I think they would have integrated better. And I mean, honestly, the whole climax felt so disjointed from the rest of the movie. It almost felt like an entirely different crew came in, and in some ways they did. They, you know, they had to then bring in a live action director to direct some of those scenes. Um, so it's, you know, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be too harsh on it because I know a lot of that, that was studio mandate. I wouldn't be at all surprised, just even based on the way that it's so poorly integrated and that most of the movie is not in that format, despite the marketing, makes me think that some studio exec popped in like halfway through production and said, "Yo, we we need a climax in the real world." And they need to be CG because we can't sell 2D movies anymore. Like that that's what it felt like to me. And it it really lowered my overall enjoyment of the movie. I think if the last third had had the same energy and momentum of the first of the first two thirds, I would have liked it a lot better. Not still not as much as the first SpongeBob movie, but I think they really did themselves a disservice by just going with a kind of generic kids movie climax with some slapstick that doesn't work nearly as well in CG as it would have in 2D. I don't know, that, that part wasn't for me. That's fair. It's not my favorite part either. I feel like the thing between watching it back when it came out in 2015 and now in 2021, where we are both older and don't watch SpongeBob as much, and we more watch the nostalgic first four seasons. That's fair. What is the key difference between watching the first four seasons and when this would have come out? there were newer seasons of spongebob newer seasons that didn't have the man steven hillenberg involved he came back for this movie and you can definitely see his hands are on this oh absolutely i think is why 
you can tell which parts the studio mandated part the other parts feel like classic spongebob again right i mean i think hillenberg just pieced out for that last third because that's like i'm out this is not what i signed up for again it's not that it's bad it's just really generic and that when i think of classic spongebob i think of those kind of button pushing envelope pushing uh moment an apocalypse yeah Okay, let, let, we can. I say let's go into spoilers now because I think we've we've talked about the general thoughts. So stop film watching. Came out six years ago. Yeah, film came out six years ago. But if you're like me and didn't see it, um, I would still recommend seeing it. Honestly, I I think I I can say that. Just you know, just if you're a SpongeBob fan, finish out your collection uh, by watching it. it it's a it, good background it, watch. I've seen it multiple times, just chilling on the couch doing something else while also watching the movie. And then I zone out even further in the last third. Or I marvel at the ice cream. The ice cream does look really delicious. I I don't know why. Animated candy and ice cream stuff, for some reason, there's like the weird urge of me to go, I wonder what that actually tastes like and feels like. Because it doesn't look real. It's a slight tangent, but for me, it's actually the opposite. Whenever like, like, like supposedly real life gross things are in movies. I think they look really tasty, i.e. the bugs from Lion King. <laughs> but but also things like I, I actually really like the way they make broccoli look in Inside Out. I know you're supposed to think it looks gross, but it looks so fluffy and colorful. N- not the point. We'll, go, we'll talk about SpongeBob now. Um, so the basic premise of SpongeBob, Sponge Out of Water, I don't know if there's a two in there, um, two sponge. No, SpongeBob, SpongeBob, Sponge Out of Water. Sorry, the SpongeBob movie, colon, sponge out of water. I'm I'm gonna call it two two sponge, two square. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the title of this episode, even though we don't do episode titles like that. Well, we should, and this should this should be two sponge, two square. <laughs> in, in case, for you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, well we'll get our graphic designer on it. I think I think Rachel would would love to do that for us. Yeah. Uh, make up make a logo. Anyway, the plot of the movie is that we are, is once again centered around life at the Krusty Krab, where the citizens of Bikini Bottom are centered around the Krusty Krab and the Krabby Patty. Um, But oh no, Plankton has come in to steal the secret formula again, and it's a really fun sequence. Oh my god, I love the sequence of of, uh, Plankton coming in to steal the secret formula. Like... What a what a fun callback! I love them. They it's a, basically a giant food fight. They're using various food stuffs for projectiles, and Plankton has a giant robot, and it's really intense. And long story short, a lot of things happen. But he and SpongeBob end up tussling for the secret formula, but it disappears. Who 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 is behind this? Um, and so uh, we, we, we learned that apparently without the secret formula, no one can create a Krabby Patty because SpongeBob has the handbook, which says that they cannot memorize the secret formula, which, again, strikes me as a wonderful old-timey SpongeBob kind of joke that reminds they, me of the training video. They totally played have played very similar jokes. <laughs> Throwback to ravioli, ravioli, give me the formula, basically wholly based on this idea that only a few... Like, no one knows what it actually is. Right. So, it, it, it right. It's perfectly well in that canon. I, I, I like that gag with the, with the handbook. 
saying that he can't memorize it. And that feels like such a, a great thing that, of course, SpongeBob would be so by the book mm-hmm. that even though his job is to make the same one, one thing every day for the past God knows how many years, he has still not memorized how to make one. Um, so this creates, in the span of literal seconds, as Katie said earlier, a Krabby Patty famine apocalypse. And everyone in Bikini Bottom is decked out in Mad Max gear? <laughs> like... Okay, Mr. Krabs is just dressed as like a dominatrix, right? Like he's got the leather straps all kinky. Like it's a little like I kind of wonder like did he just have that in the back for his like alone time with Mrs. Puff? And like I'm I'm just I'm just he had that at the ready. They all they all did, and there's a great gag at the bottom. What? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, There's a great gag later where they all just like rip off their apocalypse gear in the way that cartoon characters can just rip off their clothing and their regular outfits are underneath and so when the line is wait we could just do that i believe it's squidward who's just like wait we could just do that <laughs> which again it's a it's that that is just such a great example of that spongebob breaking the fourth wall meta joke that has always made spongebob stand out um so i was really glad to see that kind of joke there um and so anyway, they're, they're descending into chaos. SpongeBob teams up with Plankton because his moral code tells him that Plankton is innocent and did not actually steal the secret formula because it mysteriously vanished. Um, and they go off on a crazy wild adventure uh, that involves time travel um, to try. I, I don't even really. The, the plan is convoluted. It doesn't even really make sense. It's like they're time traveling to save the formula from disappearing and it's convoluted. And they're and gonna also have shenanigans. Dinosaur. <laughs> they they do they do. We're actually I think Patrick brings in the giant Squidward dinosaur who is delightful. Um, and uh, yeah, so they 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 travel they travel through time. They're learning the 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 lesson they learned is about teamwork. Um, and some studio yeah, really wants you to know that the moral of the story is teamwork. Yes, or as Plankton says, TM work. Um, which, God, what a fun opportunity that would have been for them to do a version of the Friends song or the the, the fun song. Um, you know, I, I kind of thought they were going to do a callback to that and maybe it was just too obvious and I shouldn't complain that they didn't do the obvious joke. But, I don't know, it would have been like almost 20 years later or at least 15 years later. Um, you know, feel, feels like that kind of callback is earned. Uh, but, you know, maybe... I'm not going to complain about jokes they didn't do. I think that's just not that productive. Um, but they, they in a in a truly strange sequence, they go into the super far distant future. Uh, they meet a dolphin named Bubbles. That was his name, right? Bubbles. 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 Um, Bubbles who is a who is a stop motion uh, dolphin and is delightful and is voiced by. I think the name is Matt Berry, I believe. He's the, he plays uh, one of the vampires on What We Do in the Shadows, and I love him. Um, he's got a, got a, just a great speaking voice. He's worked really well for voiceover. It's, it's nice to, to hear new voices in this because there really aren't that many. Um, later we'll get more into Antonio Banderas. Antonio, why did I say Antonio? Antonio Banderas, who is also loving this role and milking it. He's having a fun time. Um, but that's more, that's more later on. He, his, his character, he plays like a pirate type. He just pops in occasionally for the first two thirds of the movie, not really doing anything. And then is the villain in the last third. So I don't really, I, I wish he was in more of it or none of it. 
Like, I, I like him a lot, but again, it, it feels like a totally different movie in the last third. Um, but in, in any case, they, they meet Bubbles in the future. They eventually, like Kay said, they, they go back in time. They stop themselves from taking the formula. They get what they think is the correct formula, uh, but it's not. It's, it's a decoy that Plankton had previously uh, put in. And they find themselves uh, about to be sacrificed in present-day Apocalypse Bikini Bottom, which is, again, a great dark gag. Like, they're about to just straight-up execute SpongeBob. Um, they've, they've got him, like, strapped to, a, like, a pillory, and they're about to drop a heavy weight on him. And it's it, it's it's a little weird, because I feel like, like, we've seen SpongeBob go through so much stuff. This, there's never a moment where this feels like a threat to him. Like... In, in no movie do we think Spongebob is going to die, but, like, I I did spend that sequence thinking of the similar sequence in the first Spongebob movie where Spongebob and Patrick are drying up in the human world under a heat lamp, and, like, I thought about the emotion of that moment and how, like, even though as a kid I knew that wasn't the end, like, they weren't, even at age, like, six, I knew they weren't gonna just murder Spongebob on screen, um, but they, they still treated that moment with more weight, whereas I don't, I mean, I know they weren't really intending to do it, but, like, they spend a lot of time on that plot beat, and there is not a moment when I'm thinking it's anything, but, all right, something's gonna happen, something's gonna happen, hurry up, hurry up. Um, and, of course, something does happen. Uh, they, they smell Krabby Patties, because it turns out, all the way up on the surface, on, like, a Savannah beach, um, the, the Antonio Banderas pirate is making Krabby Patties because he has the formula. He stole it all along because he has a storybook of the plot and he's rewriting it. I, I, That's also I, such a SpongeBob gag, though, it feels like. Back it, from Patchy the Pirate times. Okay, it is a good gag. It, I mean, it's a good SpongeBob gag, ex- except for the fact that the whole damn movie is based off of it yeah. and, like, it controls everything. Um, I, for, for, a, for a plot point that big in a movie, not, like, if that was the gag at the end of an 11-minute episode, I'd be like, all right, yeah, fine. But, like, it did rub up against me a little bit that, that, like, we don't know, we don't know how this guy knows about the book or how he knows about Spongebob. Uh, he doesn't have any particular vendetta against them. He just wants to open a burger place, which, again, that feels very Spongebob, that his only goal is to open a burger place place like humorously low stakes for pirates is a very spongebob thing um but like he doesn't meet spongebob until the very end of the movie he has no there there is no conflict there he's just kind of an obstacle like he's a fun villain he just wants a story and he just is given deus ex machinas and then is seagulls he, he does have a funny thing with the seagulls um, that mostly just kind of feels like padding. I don't know. I didn't laugh that hard at his shenanigans with the seagulls. Um, but the seagulls are also many favorites voice actors. Yes, I, I, I saw that in, in the credits. I can't. I know that that uh, Kate McCucci is one of them and her uh, her partner in uh, Garfunkel and Oates. And uh, what's his name who played uh, Barnacle Boy is one of them. I forget the, the actor's name. Um, and the movie is dedicated to, oh, God, now I, I feel bad. I'm forgetting his name. Um, but the, the actor who played Mermaid Man, um, it's Ernest something, um, but he, he was obviously a great talent and I'm sure he's, he's greatly missed. Um, in any case, so that, that's sort of where the, the story goes. They, the Spongebob is sort of saved by Deus Ex Machina and that plot is just over now. 
um, because we're moving into the last third and it's a totally different movie and they go up on the surface. Um, Bubbles gives them the magical ability to breathe, I think, or just be on land. Yeah. Um, okay. They're not so, going to die on land like they did last time. Kind of feels like they, he could have also given them the powers instead of them getting powers through the book later on, but whatever. Um, they go up on the surface. Bubbles got fired. <laughs> they doesn't have all reaching powers. Sure, Bubbles did get fired. SpongeBob um, and Plankton do, I think, destroy a planet also. They, they, they make Jupiter and Saturn crash into each other, um, which is a very funny sequence. Like that, basically, Bubbles is like the guardian of the universe. He's like the version of the Watcher from, from Marvel Comics. Um, and he's like watching the universe, and SpongeBob and, and Plankton arrive, and Sponge and he like goes off to take a bathroom break because he then has toilet paper on his fin for like most of the rest of the movie, which is kind of a fun gag. I like that. Um, you know, a little bathroom humor doesn't hurt. Um, We're looking yeah. at you, Tom and Jerry. This is an appropriate <laughs> amount of bathroom humor. God, yeah. There, at least there wasn't any poop in this. Um, well, I think I think I think there was some poop from the from the seagulls, or at least some farting noises. Um, in any case. Um, the, they, they do, they do cause, uh, set, they don't really cause, they're just kind of standing there while it happens. I'm not really sure what they were supposed to do or what Bubbles thought they were going to do, uh, to stop the plants from crashing into each other, but. It's just very Spongebob that as soon as Spongebob oh. arrives, something goes horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah, again, that's not, like, I, again, I don't really have that many gripes with the first two thirds of the movie. Like, they're mostly good. Um, it's really only then this last part where they just, they have some shenanigans on land, which are just kind of typical like small people in big world who don't understand things they they see a person lying on the beach and think it's like a beached whale and you try to push him into the ocean and squidward gets stuck on the slick from uh from someone's sunscreen and there's kind of just some slapstick and spongebob and patrick eat some cotton candy and get on a sugar high like they all feel like very generic gags like they don't feel like those kind of edgy spongebob gags that you would you know, not not edgy in that they were adults, just like required more than a second to think about. It, which I don't know. Um, they 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 confront Antonio Banderas pirate who has the secret formula, and he reveals he has the book that writes their story. Um, he sends them off on a on to be banished on an island. Turns out Sandy has the one page from the book that had previously been ripped out. They write their own ending, which is just that they have superpowers now. Like, again, this, this stupid plot device of this book. Like, just, like, write, and the pirate was gone, and everything was fine. Like, I I don't know. <laughs> like, the, it feels like they had, like, a list of things they wanted to happen, one of which was, we want all the characters to have superpowers so we can put them with superpowers on the poster in CG, and they spent all of 20 minutes figuring out how they want to get to that point. Um, but in any case, they get superpowers, there's a big dramatic climax, uh, Plankton gives himself superpowers too, and he saves the day and gives back the formula because he's learned a lesson about teamwork, and it's really trite, like, it's, like, I kind of thought there was gonna be an additional gag on top of that, but, nah, it's, it's just, it's just the teamwork, um, and then that's kind of where the movie ends, honestly, I, I don't really think there's much more than that. Uh, they sing the theme song, which is supposed to make you feel really nostalgic, which it kind of does, but, like, we did at the beginning, too, so. I don't know. Uh, I do like the ending credits song. I will admit it's been stuck in my head for a, a long time. Uh, I think it's Pharrell Williams did the music, um, and it's got kind of got a nice little bop to it, um, but because it's Pharrell, it's the kind of music that I can't really sing, so. <laughs> Whatever. It's, uh, 
it's good. Um, so yeah, so I, I guess that's sort of what happens, and I've sort of given some of my thoughts on it. Um, when, when there's good gags, there's really good gags. Like, there's one in the opening where they're talking about how much everyone loves the Krabby Patty, and you cut to the corner of the Krusty Krab where a guy is dying on a ventilator, and, you know, obviously that reads a little differently in, in this day and age, but, like, he is straight up dying. He has, like, a, a woman crying over him, and the doctor is, like, saying, like, if he eats one more Krabby Patty, like, he'll die, or, like, or like he's eaten too much, he'll be dead within the week, or something like that. And then, like, he's, the, the patient, like, slips a burger under his mask, and the widow is, or the soon-to-be widow is, like, wailing, and the doctor just, like, also eats a Krabby Patty, and then the crying widow to bees also eats a Krabby Patty, like it's it's that kind of really dark, twisted gag that I wish they had done more of, and I wish they had had that. I wish they'd had that kind of writer's room energy when it came to writing that third act, because I feel like if the people who had write, written that joke could have taken over that third act, it wouldn't just be the third act to any kids movie. Mm-hmm. I know. I feel like I'm being too hard. Katie, why don't you tell us what you what you really like about it, <laughs> or what you sort of like about it? I mean, the first two thirds are very good. First bunch whole thing. You you've come out of so many seasons of bad, and you get this, and you're like, ha, ah, the old SpongeBob. Like the apocalypse scene has vibes of uh, we did it, Patrick. We saved the city. <laughs> or or even uh, even the the first SpongeBob movie. It does kind of feel like when when Plankton takes over. Like they're mm-hmm. it's atmospheric it's it's scary they're good at this weird apocalypse vibe for some reason it's good and like again it's not like the best movie the spongebob movies are uh top tier movies out there you know but uh even with the third like it's something where like you can watch and you go well i don't feel bad now i kind of feel happy there's yeah. some little gags here and there that will get my in the side last third that will get my side <laughs> chuckle i really like that sandy's superpower is she's just a squirrel she's just a giant squirrel yeah and, and until she like shoots nuts out of her mouth like a machine gun i mean i i kind of would have dug it if she was literally just a squirrel and was just doing squirrel things like that actually would have been i think a little bit funnier if like she was just like scritching around and being a squirrel and then and then maybe in the climax her squirrel shenanigans happen to save the day or so, or something like that like I, I, they couldn't even stick with their gag like they they like had half of a gag <laughs> they didn't have a punchline to it <laughs> i i don't know again i feel, I feel, I feel, I feel like i'm being I, I feel like i'm being too harsh just because that first spongebob movie i think just sort of did shatter so many expectations i mean i think what, what surprises me most when I think about the Spongebob movie is the amount of heart it had and the the way that it was structured to give Spongebob a genuine character arc and he had wants and needs and he, he had development over the course. He learned an important lesson. He gets strong. Spongebob doesn't learn a lesson in this movie. Plankton kind of does, but then of course, you know, you he's end plankton. it with the, you know, he's, he's going right back to being Plankton by the end. Like, you know that, that's status quo. Um, I really wanted my Goofy Goober rock moment, like not necessarily a song, but I want, yeah, first of all, great, just great song, but like I wanted there to be a fulfilling moment at the end where at least one character really internalized the message of their journey and 
like and used it in an interesting way like again plankton kind of does that but it's it's such a trite like how many times have we seen stories where the bad guy learns like to work together like i think i used to see that on dora like they did that with swiper sometimes i mean that that strikes me as such a a bland thing to do after you know 10 odd years between movies to go from a relatively nuanced uh lesson for your character which is you know the, the the spongebob movie is all about it's you know it's okay to be a little bit childish and to embrace your your childhood as long as you you know grow up and own up to your responsibilities like that you know it's not the most complex moral but it's more than what you usually get in a kids movie and i honestly i think it's a lesson that's resonated with me i mean look look at us we're both we're both doing a cartoon podcast in our 20s of course it's resonated with us um but it's a, it's a good moral it's a good it's a good lesson our main character in this movie doesn't learn a lesson he doesn't have any particular beef with the villain um, and he doesn't really develop over the course of the story. And to, to mm -hmm. me, that's kind of a problem for any movie, not just a SpongeBob movie. That's, that's just a, a basic structural issue that's going to keep me from actually enjoying it. Yeah, that's fair. It's, you can see the sight of Nickelodeon and the execs. Yeah, I mean, right. Like, I, I do want, like, I, I, if, Again, the, the, the first two thirds of the movie are their own separate movie, and then the third is kind of its own thing. So I almost would have liked to see them genuinely resolve the tension of the first two acts. Like, mm -hmm. it was a, don't get me wrong, it's a really funny gag that the second they all like smell the Krabby Patties and they go off on, on their journey to the surface, they just pull off their apocalypse clothes and the apocalypse is over. Like, that's a funny gag. I'm not saying I don't like that gag about it being over so quickly, but like, also, it might have been nice to have Spongebob and Plankton have to genuinely, you know, fix the thing that they at least indirectly were involved with and caused, like, it, you know, so that they could have a, you know, the first, their, their entire story arc in the first two thirds of the movie comes to an abrupt end. And again, it sort of gets resolved because Plankton comes back and has somewhere along the way learned the importance of teamwork, which it's never really clear why. Like he and SpongeBob, according to the first two thirds, failed. Teamwork did not help them. And I don't think SpongeBob did do that much to endear himself to Plankton. The last interaction they have before they reconcile is Plankton is screaming at him. Um, so I, I, I don't really know. I, I would have liked to see where they were going with this, you know, one hour movie that they made and then the <laughs> other half hour movie that they put in at the end. <laughs> uh... I'm, I'm hoping, I still haven't seen the, the third one, which I think is probably available on Paramount Plus, which I don't have, which I should probably get if I want to watch Spongebob things, which I do. Um, it, it, lo it looks like that that will, you know, it's one animation style throughout, which is nice, you know, I wish it was all hand-drawn, but I'll, I'll take it, up. it, at least they change, they, they change the character models enough that I, I think it looks okay, um, and it looks like it, it's sort of is one real story with a, some kind of heart at the core, it's all about Spongebob finding Gary, um, which, you know, has been done before, but, you 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 like to see it. You you like you like seeing SpongeBob and Gary's relationship. Um, I I think the biggest problem I the, if I can sum it down to one thing that I really think is missing from Sponge Out of Water, it is the heart. I mean I I it it feels it the when when you view the whole thing as a package, it does feel very soulless and corporate, and that stinks because the first two thirds I think 
aren't really soulless and corporate. I think they, they do feel like a return to form in a lot of ways. Not perfect, but certainly a return to form. Uh, and it really it really is too bad that the whole thing sort of does leave a bad taste in my mouth that I don't really think any, you know, I, I don't feel anything for these characters after that adventure. It feels like I feel like I've had the same amount of substance as I would from an 11 minute episode, um, which isn't how you should feel after you've watched 90 minutes of something. Yeah. yeah, it's fast paced. It's got that going for it. It's never really slow. That that's true. I I I, I didn't get it's nine. You know, watch it all in one shot, and I did. Like, cause I started it kind of late at night. So, and I'm an early bird, an early bird. So I usually just fall asleep. Um, so I figured I'd get bored and I'd like fall asleep. Um, but no, I I watched it all the way through. Um, and yeah, even even the the, the climax is is perfectly fast paced. It's just you know a little bit predictable. Um, and you know nothing nothing terribly special. Um. But the pacing is really good. I think that, especially those first, those first two thirds clip by. I mean, they fe- the first two thirds only feels as long as the last third, and that's because the last third, you know, does drag a little bit, so it feels a little longer. Um, and because the the humor is so incredibly quick on on those first two thirds, um, they've got some fun montages in that. They have a, a making the time machine montage, which is pretty fun. Um, I guess not really a montage, but Plankton goes into SpongeBob's head, and it's like aggressively sweet i really i liked that i i thought that was a fun little trip like just terrifyingly sweet they they did that that classic spongebob thing where they stuck a little bit of live action footage in there to really freak you out where they they showed like a a real cat head in spongebob's brain and it's spooky um again the animators were just having fun with that like yeah I, I wish those animators would have been allowed to have more fun with the 3D stuff. Because, like, C- CG can do great things. Like, I always think back to uh, the Hotel Transylvania series whenever I, like, am thinking to myself that, like, CG is boring and the animators can't do anything interesting and that they have to, like, keep very restrained emotions. Like, that's a... You can move it fast if you want to. You can have fast, fun CG. And this did not feel like that. Uh, I, I, I wish they'd given it a little bit more care and attention <laughs> or do stop motion like that would have all like i really like that bubbles was like a stop motion guy like he or or at least sticks <laughs> popsicle sticks yes <laughs> um yeah i mean they at least gave him the i mean it, it might have been like a lego movie kind of situation where it's cg it just looks like stop motion but i i buy that it's stop motion <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, again, I feel I feel like I'm being too hard on it, but I, I feel like a disappointed parent. I think, like, I again, I, I didn't dislike it. I'm just disappointed. SpongeBob movie too, too, too Sponge, too Square. Um, you, you, I have seen you at your at your greatest height, and this was not it, fam. Maybe the third one will be more it, fam. Maybe next week we'll do a topic that makes Scarlet happy. I I am glad I finally saw it because now I can see the third one and not be worried that I've missed important plot. <laughs> There's no plot. It's SpongeBob. I know. I I love that. Um, ex- except and I hate to bring it back. The first SpongeBob movie has quite a lot of plot and it's paced like a regular movie and like like I feel like even just describing like the bare premise of this movie, I feel like I'm just like listing gags and sequences whereas if i were to describe the plot of the spongebob movie like the original one like 
it has a beginning, middle, and an end, and the characters go through a journey. Like, I would just be describing a normal movie, except that the characters happen to be Spongebob. Like, it, it, it there are gags in there, and there are great gags in there, um, but it, he has more of an arc than he does in this. And it's a musical, which is always a, a winner for me. Um, there wasn't, there were sort of some background music in this, but no, no diegetic music. Um, I, I, I do, I, I do love when the characters break into song in the SpongeBob movie. There are genuine bops. There's, there's moments that I didn't even get until I was an adult. Like, Katie, how old were you when you realized that them in the Goofy Goober uh, saloon was actually them getting drunk? Like, I, it took me a very long way into my teenhood before I realized that's what was supposed to be happening there. I don't remember when. But it's a great gag. It's, it's a fun gag. And I, again, I, I just like reflect, reflecting on it. I think it's, it, I, I I wonder how much that message of it's okay to be a kid sometimes was near and dear to the SpongeBob creators' hearts, just because SpongeBob is such an embrace of just shenanigans and silliness, and you know, but even even still, that that little extra bit of heart that I think is so important to childhood. I mean, as cynical as SpongeBob could get, I don't think it ever lost that little quality of innocence of we can just sort of have fun with this. I don't know how much fun anyone was having with this movie. I think they wrote some fun gags, but I think overall it's, you know, I don't know if it was a project made with love. Well, that's kind of a downer way to end this. Uh, Katie, any any other great gags to remember from this movie that you want to bring up or things that made you smile? Uh... No, I think we hit all the gags. I do want to reiterate, as the, the only real human in this movie is Antonio Ben. On, I said Antonio again. Antonio, what is wrong with me? <laughs> uh, Antonio Banderas is just doing a great job. He he is having fun. If no one else, he is having the time of his life. This is a man who loves doing kids movies. He will. I think he'll probably sign on to any kids movie. He is just having a ball. I'm. I was loving him. Um, again. Wish he was better used, like wish he was in more of the movie, so and had interactions with SpongeBob, because uh, he doesn't really, uh, at least not any more so than he does with any other characters, which kind of sucks for the villain in a SpongeBob movie, right? Like the villain in a SpongeBob movie should interact with SpongeBob. Um, I don't know, maybe it's a crazy thought, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't want to end on a negative note, so I, I will say he just does a really great job. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we, we have talked about everything that we were going to talk about with this. Um, thank you for joining us on uh, this trip under the sea with our cartoon time machine. Uh, we're running out of oxygen down here under the sea, so we're going to pop back into our time machine, and it's going to go glub, 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 back to the surface. That's, that's, the sound, that's the sound submarines make when they're going up to the surface and turning back into a cartoon time machine. I'm expanding the lore of our world, Katie. You cannot, you cannot stop me from expanding the lore. You're in charge of it. I, I basically, our time machine is basically the the magic school bus at this point. It turns into whatever we need it to. 
Anyway, we're going to pop back into our uh, Magic School Bus cartoon dime machine that is no longer a submarine. Um, and we will come back to join you next time. Uh, so, saying goodbye, this is Scarlett. I'm Katie. We're your animates, and see you next time. Remember, kids, licking doorknobs is illegal on other planets. <laughs>